What if everything you thought you knew about the criminal justice system and high profile criminal cases wasn't true? What if the mainstream media was too corrupt and compromised to tell you about it? Join a veteran Buffalo City detective, a veteran Canadian Pacific police captain, and a veteran NCIS special agent as they dissect the criminal justice system and high profile criminal cases from their perspective in an unvarnished podcast. It's search warrant coming right at you. This is uh, Naval Criminal Investigative Service uh, Special Agent John Snedden, um, along with uh, veteran Canadian Pacific Police Captain Tom Purcell. Uh, Tom, good evening. How are you doing? Good. I'm on this call tonight. This is great. Um, today, uh, obviously, as, as we speak, uh, Jim Kenny, the uh, Philadelphia mayor is uh, apparently entertaining a pro protest in front of his house where everybody is yelling uh, back the blue and, uh, you know, uh, blue lives matter and fund the police. Finally, we have somebody that's uh, out there screaming uh, fund the police back the blue, which is outstanding. And that's happening uh, now as we speak. But uh, we have a special guest this evening, Danielle Romanoff. Um, she's the uh, significant other of a uh, gentleman by the name of Rocco, who was uh, tragically uh, gunned down in front of his residence about 10 years ago, almost 10 years ago exactly. Um, it's a cold case in Philadelphia, and obviously it's important for um, the family and Rocco's children, for the rest of us that uh, are interested in any kind of justice, to have that uh, um, case um, resolved. And um, we want to have an opportunity to talk to uh, Danielle um, this evening about uh, generally what the circumstances were surrounding it and get a feel for what kind of, of uh, guy Rocky was. So, um, Danielle, can you hear me? Yeah, I could hear you fine. Uh, welcome to Search Warrant. Thank you. Now, th this uh, this incident took place about 10 years ago. Is that um, right? It actually just turned 10 years, June 10th. It oh turned 10 years uh, this past Wednesday. Oh, geez. And Ro Rocco, um, now how do you say his last name? Maniscalco. Maniscalco. Yeah, you okay. got good. Okay, great. <laughs> um, and... You guys have how many children together? Four. Four children together. Mm -hmm. Wow, well, that's just horrible that they they lose their dad in that type of uh, circumstance. Yeah, the and, youngest was actually four at the time. Oh, jeez. Can you give us just a very uh, little summary as to what happened? Well, we went to the bar down the right down the street from us. You could see our house for the uh, Flyers playoff game. Uh, it was actually the Stanley Cup. They lost in overtime. And um, he went to walk home, and I was talking to, at the time, the owner's wife. And he told me uh, to call before I come home. He would meet me. And next thing I know, evidently, my son called me. I don't remember him calling me until he told me um, and said he heard gunshots. Evidently, I ran from the bar to the house, and I saw lights, and I was trying to get to... Rocky's body because he was laying there and um 
my two older ones were evidently were somehow at the door and saw him and the police were trying to pull me in the house, but I was trying to go to be with my husband. Um, they ended up getting me in the house somehow. And I just, it, it's kind of like blurry, like how quick the cops were there with him laying there. And I even tried climbing out the window to get to him. We didn't know what was going on. Um, we had to get my two younger ones to stay upstairs because this happened while they were in the house sleeping. Um, and we didn't want them to really know what was going on because we didn't know what was going on. All that we know, he died at the scene. Oh, geez. Yeah. Um, how old was Rocco? He was 38 um, in June. He would have been turning 39 that November. Oh, geez. Um, now, he had an auto body shop, right? Yeah, uh, it was called New Era Collision. Okay. Now, this took place in uh, South Philly, is that right? Yeah, right at um, Colorado and Wolf. Okay. And uh, Rocco, uh, what kind of interests did he have as a person? You know, as a, you know, did he, obviously he was a Flyers fan, I guess? Oh, fly, Flyers, big time, huge Eagles fan. He loves his Eagles. Dawkins was his favorite player. Um, Phillies, all, all Sixers, all Philly teams. But definitely, I think if I would have to pick one, it would definitely be more Eagles. Um, he would go to the games. He would go away when they had away games. Um, me and him actually, November of 2009, happened to go to San Diego together for an Eagles game out there um, when we played the Chargers. We lost, but he had, a, he had a great time. He would take my son to the games. Just everything. Oh, very nice, very nice. Family guy, always was involved. My son was playing sports since he was four. Um, baseball, uh, football was the major thing. He was always there with them. My one other middle child, she tried to play baseball. Um, I think she made it to a couple games and stopped, but he was always like there, whatever the kids wanted to do. He was always there a hundred percent. Now, how old are the children now? Like um, one is 26 and married. Uh, another one is 22. Um, one just turned 18 and one just turned 14. Okay. Now, in regard to um, not, we're, we're going to get into this a lot more in future episodes, sure. but I wanted to um, give our audience an idea of uh, who, what, who potentially might be a suspect in the area when, when you, um, uh, arrived. Had anybody seen anything? Um, according to a flyer that was made up years ago, and I don't know how true this is, but it was on um, like the reward flyer when we had a reward. Supposedly, there was a thin white male um, fleeing, but the cops did say, the detectives did say it could have just been somebody running because they were scared. So as far as I know, we know nothing. We don't know which way it really came from. Um, it seemed like it's personal, but we have all these years, we still have no answer. Right. Well, we certainly want to uh, dig into this and try to do what we can. Um, clearly somebody, this wasn't, this didn't happen in a vacuum. 
Right. And the way so, the night was that night, I mean, it was the Flyers Stanley Cup game. There was people all around. And you know, South Philly, everybody's newsy. Right. And I kind of get it's probably because a lot of people were scared because I do know some of my neighbors did move not too long after that happened. Um, maybe they're just scared to talk. I don't. That's the only thing I could think of because we're a newsy bunch of people. Even I would have ran outside to see what was going on. Yeah, I mean that's that's quite the uh, quite the event not happening every day, obviously. Right, and in a small uh, like the neighborhood, it's a quiet neighborhood, so it's something like that. That it, that's what just makes it worse because you know somebody knows something. Right, right. Now, um, I, I take it the uh, Philly police uh, are still looking at this case, obviously, right? I, as <laughs> as you know. Um. I, truthfully, I don't even know who the detective is on the case. All I know is it's known as a cold case. Um, I do call up to the homicide every couple months. He knows me by name um, now. Instead of saying Rocco Maniscalco's wife, he knows exactly who I am now. And um, it's always the same answer. It's nothing, nothing new. We don't know anything. Keep your ear out. If you hear anything, let us know. It's like I'm trying to do a job, but I'm trying to keep my right. family safe. Exactly. Um, and I didn't sign up for that job. Like, you're supposed to help us out. I mean, naturally, I'll do whatever I could. But I got to think of the safety of me and my children also. But right. it's, it's like 10 years, nothing. I just, I find that uh, unbelievable. I find, like, nothing. Right. Uh, Danielle, I know when we talked uh, before, there had been some um, unusual circumstances that happened up. Uh, relatively um soon prior to this uh, taking place could you explain that to tom maybe tom will have some questions oh yeah we actually um i guess i, I mean what i call it from then i kind of call it like a trial run um two different incidences not too far before that happened to him probably within two months a month before that happened to him he was upstairs sleeping. He didn't get up for work yet. I happened to drop the kids off at school, came home, and I was laying on the couch to take a nap. Next thing you know, we have banging on our door, and it's the cops saying they got a report for domestic violence. So with the banging like that, he came running down the steps. I jumped up, and you could see clearly both of us at the door, like, stunned, and you could tell they just woken us up. Um, and they let that go. You know, we told them nobody's fighting. Blah blah blah, and they left. And then, not too long after that, um, it was like mid afternoon because my kids were home from school and I was getting dinner together. He was out in a tow truck and he called me hollering, like, What's going on? And I was like, What do you mean? He was like, Are you hollering at the kids? He's like, Cops are on our way there. And I thought he was joking with me, saying the cops are on the way there for um, hollering. Next thing you know, as I was on the phone with them, um, we hear a knock on the door, and it was a couple of bicycle cops and then and a couple of cop cars. And they were just checking out whatever incident the call was in. And then, like, my husband happened to pull up in a tow truck to make sure we were okay. And um, we told the cops that day, because we, we laughed about it like it was a joke. Like, are you serious? Like, all of a sudden... Cops never come to our house. Who's calling the cops and then, like, saying stuff like this? So we told them about the prior incident. And um, they took down, like, the information, but we never heard anything back. 
So it was like, to me, it was, it, to me, it reminds me of like two trial calls to see how fast the cops will get to there when whoever planned on doing what they did to them. That's how I look at it as. Tom, Tom do you have any thoughts on that? I'm trying to look at the time. Cell phones were not that popular 10 years ago, but they were being used. Um, so were they able and did they try to trace back where these calls came from? Your uh, your nine eleven job, as they should far, have record of where the phone came from. As far as I know, I mean, I even when this happened to them, I did tell detectives about it, and like I said, they don't tell me anything. I have I never heard any incidents about that. And um, the night he was killed, he had his cell phones on him, and one supposedly like was completely destroyed, which they still have, but. They never told me any follow-ups on it, that they looked into it. Like, I, I get nowhere with them. I have no answers whatsoever. The self, his cell phone was destroyed. Did I hear that right? Yeah. That's what they okay. said. I didn't see okay. any of so, that. Uh, did, did, are you aware if he received any um, odd phone calls on his cell phone? Well, like I said, they weren't very popular well, then. Um, well, I know he was on the phone that night. Um a lot, uh, which is kind of normal because he has his tow truck drivers out and stuff like that. So that was kind of normal. And usually I'm a nag and be like, who are you talking to? Who are you talking about? We were actually having a good night, no arguments, no like nothing. Um, and he did go outside for a phone call. But when he came in, he was just like, like you could tell there was something different about him, but he was trying to act normal. Um, and didn't say anything like what happened or what kind of call it was. Uh, he wind up having a couple sips more of his drink, I believe. And then that's when he went home and told me not to leave until I called him. Because he saw me, like I said, talking to the owner's wife. And then, like, I go, if I Google his name, I, like, read comments under, like, all these pages and everything. It'll say that they heard somebody hollering outside, arguing with somebody. But I can't say if that would have been him or not, because like I said, it was the Flyers Stanley Cup. So it could be anybody just talking loud, arguing. I don't know. Okay. Well, we'll get into it more later conversations. But there, obviously, if you had uh, been aware of any problems, ongoing problems, debt problems, uh, personal problems, you probably would have, one, had a heads up on it, and two, uh, related that information to the detective of the homicide? Oh, I've told them everything possible. I mean, everything that I knew that I heard from him personally, or like, but like I said, by reading these things, for the longest time I was following up, but then I started to get nervous. But it's 10 years now, like something has to give. Right. Do you have the name of the uh, cold case detective on it now? I don't have, I only know the name of the sergeant that I talked to. I don't know any of the detectives. I don't know a cold case detective. Um, I know the sergeant happened to tell me that they were trying to get like a, a cold case team together and that his case was going to be one of the cases. But um, oh, that, wound up, that no, well, no, that wound up falling through. Um, and then we got hit with the coronavirus and everything else that's going on. So uh, I think that during that time is when um, 
they got rid of the old police commissioner or he stepped down, which was not yeah. too long ago. Yeah. So it, that kind of fell through. So there's, like I said, nothing. I, I wouldn't and, even know who to talk to. And if the sergeant retires, then I really won't know who to talk to. And and now they want to defund the police. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, That's what makes no sense. Like, really? It's like, I, I'll keep my opinions to myself about Kenny, but we know where we're going with that. Right. Well, Danielle, we we appreciate you uh, taking the time. We're going to delve into this more. Definitely. Obviously with you and, you know, follow up some things um, outside of that that, that uh, develop and have developed. But uh, we just wanted to get a, a handle on a summary of what happened so our listeners have an idea of what we're looking at and what we're going to be pursuing. Um, clearly... Um, this occurred 10 years ago. It was June 10th of 2010, right? Yep. Is that right? Yes, exactly. Okay. It. And it was uh, in South Philly. In South uh, Philly at Colorado and Wolf. Colorado and Wolf. Mm-hmm. The victim was uh, Rocco Maniscalco. Yes. And he left behind not only Danielle as a significant other, but four children. Yep, four yep. children. It's a very uh, traumatic event, obviously, as as we all know. It would be nothing better to be able to bring justice for uh, for Rocco's kids and for uh, Danielle, obviously. So if you know anything, anything at all, regardless of how small it is, if you can reach out to us at searchwarrantpodcast.com, we have a contact page there, and you can email us. And we we are uh, we'll be grateful to uh, receive any information you might have. But again, you know, Rocco left behind a significant other as well as four children. And it's important that uh, see justice through for the four children and Danielle. Um, Again, if you have any information about this case, uh, please reach out to us at searchwarrantpodcast.com via the contact page. And uh, we will follow up. Okay. Danielle, thank you very much for taking the time with us. And uh, thank you for we'll talking be, to me and helping me with this. I appreciate we'll, we'll be, it very much. We'll, we will be back in touch and get get in uh, into further detail about this soon. Okay. okay? That sounds good. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you, Danielle. Thank you very much.